Hello guys, this is Connie Bloom from Electric Boys and you're watching CMS TV. pal right here on your classic metal show with uh she's a lady featuring uh our uh, esteemed guest in the uh, classic metal show uh studio uh johnny gielli how are you johnny i'm great neely how you doing brother i'm well i'm glad to have you on the show i obviously have never had an opportunity to speak to you before but i've been a fan for decades you know and uh, i appreciate it i you know when i listen to uh you sing you know, especially, you know, going back uh, to um, to the hardline days when, you know, kind of people got to know who you were or heard your voice uh, yeah. in, in a mass in a mass way for the first time. Uh, I sit there and think, God damn, that was 40 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Almost. Yeah. It's crazy, right? It's it crazy. crazy. I have no idea. I, I don't know where that time went, but yeah. Well, well, none of us do. I mean, Chris and I talk about it all the time. I mean, you know, I, I look back at this show and, and we've been doing this for 28 years. Holy shit. Yeah. You guys are oldest. You guys are old as hell. Yeah. We're old as hell. <laughs> okay. Youngster. Okay. Youngster. <laughs> so, you know, it was, it was actually on a, uh, uh, on an Axel Rudy Pell tour. We were on stage and I'm like, uh, you know, I met this guy in, 98 and i went holy shit 25 years it hit me at that point that i've been in arp singing um about wizards and dragons <laughs> and rainbows for 25 freaking years that's pretty it's it's just crazy it's crazy yeah it's crazy that i could still sing that shit well, no. and, and, that's, and that's the thing, you know, I'm, I'm dominating the conversation here, but Chris talks to you all the time. But regardless of that, uh, Chris and I were talking about you on the show last week, and, and we we're, we're both just amazed at, at your ability to sound as good today as you did when we first heard you, you know, so many years ago. And that's that's amazing. You're one of those gifted guys who... You know, I there's there's just a handful of guys that still have that. You know, be it Ronnie James Dio, he had that up until his last day, and he did. Uh, you yeah, know, he did. Bruce Dickinson, he's another one. He's never he lost does. it. You, of course, you're right up there in that league, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, thank and you, you thank know, you, that, that, that's one of those things that it's just like Jesus Christ, this guy never stops. Thanks, Neely. I, you know, uh, a lot of it's contributed to my lifestyle too. Um, you know, this is, uh, this is, this is all part of the, of the body. And, you know, I try to take care of it, you know, so I think that has something to do with it. Uh, I'm hoping so, because I, I invest a lot of time in trying to stay healthy, <laughs> but, um, yeah, you know, and I've always said, I've said this to Chris a million times on, on interviews that until the fans say, you know, Johnny doesn't sound the same. I just keep doing what I'm doing. You know what I mean? And, um, but I'm serious about it. That's the thing. Like every single show I worry, I count down the hours still after all 30 plus years of live, live shows. I literally worry, check the voice. I make my family nuts. I'm, mm, 
checking everything. Make, you know, so I'm serious. I'm still serious about it because yeah. I want it to sound. I want it to sound right. But thanks, now, for, thanks now, for saying did, all that. Did you uh, did you write that speech for the movie Rockstar? Because that sounds like <laughs> the that, uh, that lead singer gave. You think it's easy being a rock star? It's in bed yeah. by eight o'clock. No partying for me. Take it. Yeah. Voice. Dude, you're saying that like it's a joke. He's been texting me for the last hour about, oh, I'm going to bed. I'm not going to make it tonight. I'm tired. I'm tired, man. I got. And you know what? I will tell you. So I don't have any shows until I'm out next month. Norway, Germany. You know, uh, Baltic Open Air. I've got big shows in Switzerland, and I'm already checking. Like I just told my wife, I'm like, hmm. Hmm, something doesn't just I need a little more sleep. I mean stuff like that. And I you know, I talk to, to Jack Russell from from Great White all the time and Jack's a buddy and he's still also just you know always just paranoid about the voice. Like I check this and we share recipes of shit. Uh we're yeah, we're crazy with this stuff. But it's true. And I will tell you that is, I, I never saw that movie. But I am that way, and I was that way all the way back in Hardline. Everybody would go out and partying and having a great time. And I wanted to yell and scream at the strip club. I wanted like, yeah! <laughs> and I, it, was, it was like, go have a good time, you guys. I'm going to bed. Because, I mean, you know, like, how do you cancel, like, a 30,000-seater and shit? How do you do You can't. Right. Oh, sorry, I just don't feel like singing today. Or right. I can't, you know. I'm, it's, you know, I'm hoarse. You can't. So anyway, but thank you for saying all that stuff. It's cool. Well, it, it, I appreciate it's, it. I'm it's, glad it's, you're a fan. Well, I am a big fan. And, and uh, you know, Thanks, as far man. as your uh, Axel Rudy Pell stuff, still one of my favorite uh, releases is Mystica. That's that that album. I still play yeah. all the time. You know, I love all the other stuff as well. But for some reason, Mystica has always just been one of my favorites. Thanks, man. We still play it every single tour that that song is. It's just like it's one of those that you you have to do, sure. You know, and uh, we just did a show. Hardline just did a show in this uh, uh, Müller, Germany, and I can't tell you it's a Hardline, Hardline show. Can't mm-hmm. tell you how many Axel Rudy Pell fans there. It's insane. It's like we have uh, in in the past twenty five years have built this just so. Um, cultish almost uh, audience. Every show is either sold out or just like one or two people behind sold out. It's incredible. It's still going, and I love it. I have a great time. I have Dude, a great how, time. How how do you how do you keep the bands so separate? And for people that don't know, Johnny has three. Well, four bands, three three majors. You know, the three majors being Hardline, ARP, and Crush Forty, which is mega huge in the gamer world. For people that don't yeah. know, I don't know that you have a huge for somebody like yourself. It doesn't seem like you have the biggest crossover audience. It seems like you have literally you have the Hardline AOR type people. You have the metal people with the. Uh, with the ARP stuff, and then you have the gamer crew with the with the um, Crush Forty. How yeah. is it that that audience isn't at, more shared than it is? It is weird. I, I don't have a great answer for you, bro. Uh, it is weird. 
um, I'm just grateful that, that it all cross-pollinated, and it did. And I think it's just that if you're a fan of my voice, you like my voice in all the different projects. Right. And so it doesn't really matter stylistically. I've got people who love, like, like my solo record uh, called One Voice. That is, in my opinion, entirely different music than anything I've done. Um, and, you know, but, you know, Crush 40 has elements of some hard line and some heavier stuff. I don't know. I, it, it just, I'm just lucky. It, it cross-pollinates and the fans love all this stuff, you know. Uh, I mean, of course, you have your diehard Axel Rudy Pell fans and that's what they listen to and that's cool. And then you have Crush 40 fans, the gaming fans who like, oh my God, you know, I was a Crush 40 fan, but then I learned about Hardline and now I've got every Hardline album. It's just crazy, man. I don't know. It's great. Well, being, you know, being that you're a, uh, you know, you are a true singer, you're not a, you, you, you don't bark out the lyrics like some, you know, some, you don't deliver the lyrics in, in, in a, in a, uh, I don't know, an aggressive fashion, even though you do have some aggressive songs. What, what do you like? Do you like the smoother type, uh, you know, melodic songs or, or do you like, do you like to really get aggressive in, you know, a faster paced song? It depends who cuts me off on the road. You know, that's basically <laughs> what determines what we're going to do in the studio. There's a lot of New York drivers where I live. So, uh, no, I, I, I prefer, um, I'm a ballads guy, man, believe it or not. Look, I love the heavy stuff. And when I take us, you know, if, if I write something that's kind of poppy, you know, a little more on the pop side, when I get on stage, that pop song is turned very heavy just happens naturally but i love singing the the melodic you know slow stuff because i think people um get they they get um the you know the art you know using the voice to 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 make something really powerful sounding you know and I love to hold notes until I'm, my nose starts bleeding, you know, and stuff like, you know what I mean? Stuff like that yeah. uh, live, you know, it's just, you know, I don't know. It, it, definitely the ballad stuff, the slower stuff. Yeah, well, you're, you're, you're a crooner. I mean, I mean, if you lived in the, <laughs> I mean, if you lived in the forties, you would probably be like one of the top crooners of, of that era, the thirties and the forties. You know, well, I'm using that yeah. as an old school term. Yeah. But if yeah. you were in a different era, you would definitely be like, you know, a, a well-known crooner type person, you know, uh, in, in, I, I can just, you know, I could just picture your, uh, you, you know, you performing in the speakeasies and things like that. <laughs> You know, well, he does eight. go to bed now at eight o'clock. He's yeah. acting like yeah. a crooner from the thirties. Hey, hey, Jesus, eight thirty. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, I uh, I don't know, man. I just I love. I've just been so lucky. I, I'll say it again. Every one of these bands, you know, it's like put a different hat on. But to me, it's all music, and to me, it's all art, and it doesn't matter what I sing. You know, I'm just into the whole art of it, you know. Mm -hmm. So I love my ARP tours. I love my hardline tours. I love my gaming crushers. And, um, you know, Enemy Eyes is heavy and different this year. And 
I don't know, man. I just, I, I love it. I love doing all these duets with artists around the world, you know, these collabs. That, you know, that's a thing that never happened in the past. Because if you did that, you were like a band hopper. You were a band jumper. But I'm like, this is, there's great talent all around the world. And I want to work with them all. You know what I mean? From, sure. And, and, the, and yeah, I, so. that's a good, that's a good lead into, you know, where I was going next is, you know, the whole working thing. I mean, obviously you, you are always working and, you know, Chris yeah. kind of keeps me up to date with your whereabouts and so on and so forth. But obviously you're very big in the European market. You know, you're, yeah. you're always overseas working it and, uh, you know, between you and Jeff Scott Soto, I don't know who's out there <laughs> working harder. I mean, you, the YouTube well, guys are just always on the road working some project. I think Jeff's in the lead. I just talked to him yesterday, uh, and he's definitely in the lead. I'm like, dude, <laughs> are you going to stop? Well, what are you doing? Like, what kind of car did you just buy? Because you're just, like, not stopping. But, yeah, um, I love to work. That's that's my my problem. Chris knows this. I love to work. You know, my quest in life now that I'm an old bastard is to just simply make people happy. You know what I mean? And the singing and the music makes people happy. And there's no greater feeling for me than uh, getting out there and and letting people. You know, I always say live. You know what? Everything that happens outside these walls, we forget about it tonight. It's gone. It's not forget it, leave it. Your husband, your wife, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your whatever. You leave it outside. Let's let's make a memory here tonight and enjoy this and escape together and bring back some great memories from from the early nineties to current and have a great time. And that's really what, what I try to share, you know, with the with the people. So I love to work. I have now a hundred and two albums worldwide. A hundred and two. I don't have enough wall. My house is very big. I don't have enough wall space for the records. Don't have it. <laughs> it's crazy. insane. Well, let me let it's me insane. ask you something as as what. And again, I'm gonna kiss your ass here again as as what I consider one of the elite voices in rock and you know whatever. Does it bother you when you see? singers that have it have had a very unique delivery that their their vocal ability is diminished and maybe a lot of it has to do with lifestyle sometimes it's age sometimes it's uh you know yeah. uh, what do you want to call booze <laughs> well that why well, I, I said lifestyle you know or or just just degeneration whatever whatever it is is it does it bother you to see maybe somebody who you were a fan of, or maybe you looked after as one of your, uh, somebody that you uh, kind of patterned yourself after, admired their ability to, to hear their diminished ability now? They're still out there singing, they're still performing, but they're not quite, you know, at the top of their game anymore. Does it, does that affect you or bother you or go, well, that guy would have taking care better care of himself or whatever the case may be i mean i mean it's it's troubling to see a fellow artist struggling you know vocally and you know you can as a singer for for since i'm eight years old you know you have a good idea of what the issue is and like you said some of it is age some of its lifestyle some of its mechanics and some of its laziness so it really depends on what the what the situation is. I mean, there's guys like like I just 
spoke about, like Jack Russell, who has sold 20 plus million records. And tomorrow, if I call him, I'll say, hey, bro, how you doing? And he'll go, I feel good today. My voice feels good. Feel good, man. Everything's clear. <laughs> and I'm like, do you have a show? No, man. But, you know, I just got to take care of my, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's troubling um, when you see someone struggling. But then, you know, and then it's troubling to think that people are paying for that. But then I stop myself and go, wait a minute. But there's also, there's, there's, a, there's a great nostalgia, you know, factor involved. And so what if I, you know, I have nights where I got to go around notes where the top end is just like, shit, what happened today? <laughs> a lot of airplanes, dry air, you know, there's so many things that affect the voice. And sometimes you're just not a hundred percent hundred percent and you go around the note um but the people are still happy because it's you yeah and you're just you're just performing it's live but anyway so i always think about that too and and you know there's one guy in particular that we always that always comes up in this conversation and that is i mean it's 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 no secret john bon jovi's just yeah. some of these live performances are just like oh my god bro you're like not even it's like not even close like not mm -hmm. even close like not even close. Close is okay, but not even close. Yeah, it's like you need to evaluate. Like, am I giving the people value here, or are they just happy to be here because I'm standing here and it's a piece of history or whatever? I don't know, man. I I will tell you, speaking for myself, if I get to that point where I can't hit the note and I can't deliver on an you know with my normal energy and climbing trussing and falling <laughs> once in a while too um had that happen at a show <laughs> two shows i've never fallen ever and my last two shows one was just screaming across the stage and i was going to jump off of a monitor and the monitor was a round back we don't use monitors we have in-ears right? right and so i'm like fuck, you know fuck this monitor i'm just gonna ah! and i and it rolled on me <laughs> down i went and then the other one was look if you're gonna go down you go down like freaking fighting like a bitch and so that was in a full run so no one could make fun because the 55 year old dude was freaking full speed running when it happened it'd be different if i tripped you know on my mic cord and i fell and then uh in in germany i just did a show where i literally climbed the lighting truss all the way well, I shouldn't say all the way about halfway up with one hand and I'm singing and I thought I wasn't quite as high as I was and I just leaped back and I went uh oh <laughs> I'm a little too high and boom boom down my the legs just couldn't just like it was just too high anyway uh I I I, I sort of uh, digressed um yeah man it's a little troubling but uh, at the same time, if people want to see their their rock star on stage and just spark some memories and whatever, and they don't care about the perfect performance or whatever, that's that's cool. That's oh, there I am. <laughs> There's one bastard. Bastard. Hey, it's on your it's, Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah. That's actually I'm pretty low on that one. That one I remember. That one was Bulgaria and. Uh, I remember that show and my in-ears, the frequency change. You know, sometimes these European countries, weird shit happens. And I only had one ear. And yeah, I remember that show. 
and I didn't fall. That one I did not fall. I leaped <laughs> off of there, and I was good. That's hilarious, dude. Yeah. I, let, let me ask you about about the Bon Jovi thing for me, and not just Bon Jovi, but whoever it would be. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. You know, it doesn't matter when they play, and they they become consistently bad. Like Bon Jovi has become consistently bad. Vince Neil. Yeah, you know, you know, it is what it is. Does that hurt your ability to make money? Because the promoters, if they don't know you personally, they don't know. And if the biggest bands are doing it at a subpar level, they may not want to pay you full rate, not knowing if you can bring in full. So that's a good, good question. It's a good, good, you know, um, evaluation. But I think... You know, as long as tickets are being sold, the promoter doesn't care if the artist True. gets up there and farts. <laughs> Unfortunately, I do. I make sure that all my gas is relieved in the hotel room before I <laughs> leave for backstage. But uh, I think it comes down to, to tickets. But what, 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 what gets concerning for me as an artist is, you know, for a lot of people, money's tight, right? So you have to make decisions on what mm -hmm. shows. What shows am I going to go to? This happens in Europe all the time. Like, okay, because I mean, think about all the festivals and stuff. You've got Sweden Rock, you've got Vok, and you got the, there's hundreds of them. And you now have to decide. So will you, will the, the audience start deciding based on, you know, historical fact that Johnny's going to sing or this guy is, is a huge star, but his performance may not be so great because historically it's been bad for the last couple of years. I don't know that answer. I really don't know, man. But I hope you're not combing the pages of my Facebook looking for <laughs> no, no. something that I have to tell off. <laughs> no, I'm not. I, I, I didn't break anything. Thank God. Well, well, believe me, if I was going to do that, I would have done it already. <laughs> yeah, I figured you would have. <laughs> well, you and Jack Russell are friends, and I'm good friends with Jack as well. I, I've been out, you know, with Jack on numerous occasions, and and we'll be like at, you know, we'll be at like some small arena or something like that, and then. You know, if you're like in a hallway, you know, on the way back to the dressing room area, you know, those hallways are cavernous and they, they echo. That guy just belts out a lyric, you know, and it just echoes the hallway. You know, it's like, and it's just like, holy shit, this guy is standing five foot tall these days and he's like belting, you know, he's still just just walking along and all of a sudden he'll just blurt out lyrics, you know, and just start singing yeah. and just echo the hallway. And it's like, Jesus Christ, Jack. Yeah. You know? He's, he's serious about his craft yeah. and, and it really bothers him if he's not a hundred percent, like it really bothers him as it does me. I know when I'm not a hundred percent and I have to try to do something else to, if I'm 90% make up for that 10%, it might be climbing lighting trusses or something or falling but uh yeah it's there's still a lot of guys that are very serious about it you know and serious. another another guy that surprised me uh and i've been friends with these guys for years but uh you know this guy never never gets uh any worse for wear either is phil lewis from la guns i mean that guy yeah. he gets up there and screams his ass off you know, and, and he sounds just as good as he ever did. And it's like, I, you know, I, the last time I saw L.A. Guns, uh, I was on the uh, Kiss Cruise last October and they performed yeah. a couple of shows 
And I mean, he was just up there. I mean, they were doing some pretty aggressive songs and he was screaming. Just and wailing, yeah. Just wailing. And and I was just like, holy shit, Phil. You, I don't think yep. I've heard you sound like this. And he goes, oh, I, I love it, mate. I love it, mate. Yeah, I love it, mate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. And some of these guys have lucky chords. I've known guys, and it would just piss me off guys smoking drinking doing all, and they come out and, ah! and like oh, i hate you i hate you man because i know i would be done if i did that so <laughs> and another guy who's, who's you know uh, you know who's got a lot of years on him but he's still doing pretty well as far as vocally is concerned is rob halford he's he's yeah still, he's yeah. still bringing it pretty good i mean he's not at top peak like he was 30 years ago right, well but at know. this point he still brings it pretty well yeah rob's like what 96 how old is he now <laughs> rob's, yeah incredible I, another guy another buddy of mine robin mccauley mccauley oh Shane. my god he's another robin, oh man robin on. is pitch perfect it's it's he scary how sick. how good he is i hate him he's <laughs> sick he's sick we did a show together in bulgaria and i'm like Robin, do you warm up, man, lately? Or he goes, no, I stick my tongue out. <laughs> we do that. That's like the great. That's like the greatest stretch ever. He's like, no, I just stick my tongue out and I get up there and I sing. And he's, <laughs> and it's time, and it's, I mean, just perfect. I'm like, God, yeah. I hate you. There, there are some yeah. guys. That's that's like I I uh, chatted with John Waite not too long ago, yeah. and. Um, John Wade, I asked him, I said, you know, same question because he's another one. Sounds exactly like he exactly. did in 1977 or whatever. That's true. And I asked him what he's done to, to take care of his voice. He goes, nothing. He goes, he goes, I drink, I smoke, I eat, whatever. <laughs> it's going to be what it is. I'm like, you know what, dude? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, what's interesting about John singing is like a lot of people think he talks sings, you know, like Sinatra, mm -hmm. that talk sing thing, but try to sing John Waite tune and yeah. like you will find yourself going, wow, shit, that's harder than I, than I thought. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, he's one of those guys. He's one of those guys too. Just pisses you off. Cause I, you know, <laughs> not that I want to smoke or anything, but anyway, yeah, uh, it's, it's wild. And this, this ride continues, man. I mean, I, I, we're going to do another ARP album in December. Um, there'll be more, black horizon black moons and wizards <laughs> and rainbows that will be running through your speakers soon so another uh, and then a, another tour planned uh starting summer of 24 big festivals and then a normal um we call a shed tour you know a couple thousand seaters you know and we're just not we're not stopping Bro, you're We're never gonna let me going. sleep a decent night, are you? It's gonna be no, nonstop. Sir. It's gonna be nonstop, nonstop texts at three in the morning. Hey, bro, That's what it. about this? But <laughs> well, you answer. You I do answer. answer. <laughs> you're the one guy. Doesn't matter what time. It is. I think he's Dracula. I don't know, <laughs> Chris. I'm like, dude, do you sleep? Because well, a little here and there. I don't know. I, I, do I catch you in between naps? I don't know. But he's. I can always count on. A, a return text it's no drive man you know the deal man yeah the I same know the way deal. it's it's about drive it's how bad do you want it and you know yeah. and, and i mean that leads to a question with you how is it that you don't live in europe you make your money in europe for the very that's most a, part 
you that's know. a good damn question. And I've asked myself that question for the last 25 years. <laughs> no, um, I love my country here and, and, you know, my family's here and everyone is settled here. Uh, I have thought about uh, seeking some residence there because it would just make it a lot easier. You know, the beautiful part, uh, the whole fantasy of the rock world, you know, touring. Brothers, will you get that different bed every single night and that different toilet yeah. every night? It's not easy. I've thought about it, bro. I've thought about it, but um, I always, I always, well, here's what I do. And you know this. I say, this year I'm going to slow down. <laughs> you do the same shit. This yeah. year, I'm go I've been saying, everybody said, Johnny, what are you doing? I'm going fishing, man. This year I'm slow. And then, like I, I promised myself, I was really going to take 2024 off. I was really considering it. And now I'm working on a full, Scandinavian tour starting in January. So, <laughs> God, dude, let's love it. I love it, Neely. I'll tell you this: last, when did we start talking about starving artists? October, November, uh, something like that. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, it was. It and, was after one of these record releases or yeah. something we talked about. Yep. And after we start talking about, Johnny says to me, he goes. I got this one last tour to do in January, and then the whole year, I'm going to be available the whole year. We can put this thing together. We can get busy. We can do this and that. And then it was, well, I'm going back to Europe in April. Well, I'm going to be home for eight days, and then I'm going back to Italy for two months. Then yeah. it's like six more weeks, and you just got back, and when do you leave, leave again? Next week? Uh, no, not quite, but August 15th. August fifteenth, yeah, a couple of weeks. But yeah, you just got, got back got, Sunday. Just got back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just enough to to get back on schedule and then get off schedule again. <laughs> Jeez, and you know the older you get, man, this jet lag shit. It's like I tell my poor family, I'm like, listen, I'm going to sit in my chair for two days, and unless your entire body's engulfed in flames, don't don't call for me. Don't even talk to me, please. Just don't ask a question. Just whatever you want. Here's my wallet. Go enjoy, you know, kind of thing. But, uh, yeah, it takes me a long time now to catch up, you know, and then I'll just go do it again. But I've got some great shows in Norway coming up. I love Norway, but I am going to do a little salmon fishing when I'm there. I do kind of build those into the contracts now because I need a little <laughs> chill time. And then we've got shows in Germany and Switzerland, and, uh, and then I, I go back to Bulgaria. But by September 9th, Chris – Sure. September 9th. I'm sure. done. I don't believe you at all. <laughs> It'll be like, there's just this one other tour that we could get in in November. You know? <laughs> I, know, I know. I know. I well, know. It's, well, it's hard to say no. Well, Johnny, uh, I, have you ever seen the documentary called The Wrecking Crew? No, I, I heard of this, but wait a minute. The Wrecking Crew. Wait. Uh, this is the the documentary about the crew's perspective on shows and stuff like that. No, is that no, are we talking the about the same shit? Crew, the the Wrecking Crew was the a group of musicians who basically played oh. all the '60s and '70s records. Different. They they did the Pet Sounds record, and they did. Yeah, you know, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. Well, one of the things that uh, made this Wrecking Crew successful is they never said no to working. You know, they, they said the minute you turn down a gig, you would never get called again because, you know, they go, well, I need you in the studio at, uh, you know, eight o'clock, you know, tomorrow morning. And 
I'd leave the studio at noon and then I went to the next studio by one and then I had to get to the next studio by six and then I was at the studio till 10 and then I had to be up at six in the morning and if they called, I had to be there by then. And they talked about what made them so successful, you know, the, the, the core musicians that made up the Wrecking Crew uh, was that they never said no to work. And, and that, that sounds like your philosophy or the way that you kind of conduct yourself. Yeah. My stupidity. I mean, my philosophy. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, what's interesting, bro, is I remember, you know, coming home on tours, there's been many tours where, you know, a limo has come to pick me up. I'm heading out and, and my wife calls me and my, my son is scream crying, like, like, like choking crying so hard he's choking where i came that close to saying turn the car around i'm done i mean that's happened several times now he's 19 he doesn't cry as much but uh <laughs> he, 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 he cries if uh while i'm here he's like please leave no <laughs> um but uh where was i going with that so um i you know talking about this trying to recover from a tour and stuff. I took my, my son with me uh, and my wife, uh, my daughter, you know, we try to like, you know, split up the time and, and like, okay, my daughter will come out with me for a week or two and enjoy all the shows. I brought my son out and I said, listen, Brandon, there's two shows that we're not sleeping. We're going to do the show. And then a car is taking us directly to the airport. You can sleep a little on the airplane then we're getting off. They pick us up. We're going to another hotel. We got sound check at four. Then we'll be able to get a little bit of rest after that. And he literally slept through shows. I'm like, okay, I'm done. Let's go. He's like, wait a minute. You played? Yeah, we're done. Time to go. Let's go. Grab your bag. Let's go. Two nights in a row. I mean, it is can get crazy. But I think, you know, you just have, um, you know what has to be done. And you're right. I don't say no. I met every one of my, no, I shouldn't say that. That's a lie. I met 99% of my COVID obligations to shows that were canceled. I just finished one that was booked in 2018. Jeez. And I live up to my obligations. And that's, uh, you know, that's, that's just kind of the way I roll. But um, anyway, my son learned a big lesson in how glamorous it is not. Right. <laughs> Well, and you don't stop even, even like, you know, not to pull the curtain all the way back, but you landed on Sunday and on Tuesday you were recording. Yeah. So you yeah. went back to work. You took, you took a whole 24 hours to kind of switch from night to day and then and, we're in there recording. Yeah. And that was because I didn't feel a hundred percent here. Otherwise I would have been in the studio and I'm like, I wanted this performance is really important i was actually singing the saturday cartoon for the, the, the new gi joe right. i mean who gets to do that shit <laughs> and so and but it's heavy gi joe the american hero i mean it's really cool <laughs> and so i wanted to be in top voice and i wasn't man i was dry it was a long like it was a nine hour flight or whatever right. and all the freaking shit so Anyway, otherwise I would have been, bro. I would have been in the studio. And my yeah. family, under, they're so used to it. It doesn't even phase them. Sometimes we're eating dinner. I get an idea. Go, guys, I love you. I got to go up. I got, I got an idea. 
and then I'm in the studio. And then I'll nice. and I'll I'll get a text. Do you want some ice cream? No, no, I'm fine. I'm good. I'm working. Yeah, it's just and the nature. Another, of the another guy that I admire and and enjoy their music quite a bit is is John Bush of Armored Saint. I mean, I mean that guy. You know, he again. He sounds just like he did back in the hours when when Armored Saint. But he does. Yeah, the, he does the jingle work as well. You know, he yeah. does the, like you know Burger King commercials and stuff like. Yeah, it's killer. You know? I mean, and, so and, awesome. and that guy, that guy, every performance I've seen him and I've seen Armored Saint a lot, never saw a bad show. Not once. That guy Incredible. brings it, brings it like nobody's business. You know, the, what I do mentally is I remind myself that every person in that audience, that might have been their last 30 bucks or their last 40 bucks in their budget for the week. And I don't give a shit how I feel if I'm tired, if I'm beat up. I mentally prepare to to, to please that audience. And I, I think that has a lot to do with, you know, get you know, getting pumped up and you know, adrenaline drives the voice and shit like that. So I mean that's what I do. Um and I think a lot of those those guys still really just really care, man, about really care i'm not saying the guys who have mechanics problems don't care they've got you know nerves are not firing right and things aren't moving and stuff like that and it's problematic but um yeah the guys that sing really great want to sing really great if, mm -hmm. if they can if they don't have a, a medical condition they want to sing really great that's their instrument man it's like the guitar player doesn't want to be out of tune he wants everything to be perfectly in tune except for axel axel tune your guitar I'm just kidding. <laughs> or ace frame sometimes yeah 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 or two new guitar ace well uh, uh we always make fun of axel axel sometimes wears these freaking crazy like silver shoes and bobby rondinelli will say hey axel ace freely called he wants his shoes back <laughs> <laughs> we just mess with him all the time and he's like fuck you oh it's funny well johnny oh, you know obviously you know the european market you know, gets to see you, you know, in the various countries and things that you tour. What, what's, what's in store for the U S I mean, the U S you know, I'm doing a full on Starbucks tour. <laughs> I'm hitting every, you know how many Starbucks that's shopping, right? Not, not <laughs> <That's>, um, playing. <laughs> I'm going to white chocolate mocha everyone to death. <laughs> um, the, the States scare me, bro. I am a wuss. I am fearful, honestly. Uh, everyone says, you should play here. I'm like, I don't know if I could put 20 people in Starbucks. That's my line. I say it every time. And I really don't. And it shouldn't be about that. But, you know, it's like one of these things, like, I want to finish. I want to finish big. So I don't want to take any chances. Yeah, I, I love I, my and I love being normal here. You know what I mean? Like I love coming home and my wife saying, please take the garbage out. And I say, I've got people to do that. And, and she says, get your ass outside, take the garbage out. <laughs> I like, you know what I mean? Like I want to be just like normal. And then, and, you know, the more you're seen and uh, you know, and I mean, back in the nineties, of course, there were times where we just couldn't go to dinner without someone, you know, bothering you in a beautiful way. That's all part of it. I love it. But I'm to the, urge i mean the age where uh you just want to be you know just want to be dad and and husband and 
and just be left alone. So anyway, there's a lot of fear. I mean, I, I need a therapist. I know. <laughs> uh, what I want to know is since you span, you know, uh, both continents here, um, why is it that you can play as, as much in Europe, but the American market doesn't support the type of thing that we do? I mean, what is it, what's the difference? Because I haven't been to Europe, so I, I don't know. But how is it that the fans are so rabid over there, but there's no fan base here per se? I, not that people aren't fans of yours. I'm just saying that there's no support system to get you or say Axel Rudy Pell or Hardline out on a stage here to where it would generate any enough interest for a promoter to hire you to come play at one of their venues. What, what, what's the difference? What's the, what, what, well, there? That's a great question. I think there's a lot of factors. I'll just shoot a couple at you. Um, there is support in Europe, like I'm in Bulgaria, for example, I've been a lot, been there a lot this year. Um, and I hear myself on the radio. I don't hear myself on the radio in, in America. I mean, I do on XM, but I mean, where do we have terrestrial radio where you can turn it on in your car and, and listen to an ARP song or even a hardline song these days, right? Just non-existent. That's one factor. It still happens over there, bro. Like it still happens. Portugal, like hardline goes there. We sell out like you can't even imagine. And it's because we're on the radio. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing. The other thing is that, you know, everything that happened musically in America slowly transitioned over to, to Europe. You know, it's like it happened here first and in countries like Eastern European countries, this shit's new. They're still wearing ACDC shirts, bro. Like, like it's a new band. Like, Hey, right. did you check out back in black? You know what I mean? And I'm not kidding you. So like, it was illegal to play, um, music that was not Bulgarian music. And this yeah. is as of like 15, you know, years ago, not that long ago. Right. So to them to be able to, cause they were sneaking that music in their home to see their rock idols, whatever, playing this stuff live. These shows are insane. So, and they're very, I'm not knocking America, but um, they're very uh, dedicated to that style of music that they love. And we're more flexible in listening to, I mean, the mass part of, of America, like flexible into listening to different shit. There, mm -hmm. they're like, I listen to freaking, you know, metal. That's it. Right. They're not they're not switching the channel and going to freaking some R and B or some rap shit. Right. Not shit. Rap stuff. Sorry. <laughs> it's shit. I'm gonna, I'm I'll say get, it. It's shit. Uh, all right. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get emails on that one. Well just say just say it was that guy. You know, but you know <laughs> I really but, said it. Yeah. Well, what about what about the what about like the cruises? I, I mean the hard, uh, like oh, hardline man. especially i think would be oh. would go over so well on like monsters of rock or something like well, that thank you bro i i appreciate that so i've been offered to do those kind of things and um you know one of those i won't mention which one but one of those ships said listen come out play for free and it'll be a nice vacation i said listen I don't know about you, bro, but being on a ship with 3,000 people and 67 bands is not my idea of a vacation. Yeah, that's true. I'm sorry. I'll go to Bora Bora in a little fucking tiki hut and hang out. That's a vacation. So anyway, I don't know. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's a possibility. There there are a couple opportunities, and I think it would be fun. I just um, that I would do because you know that audience is guaranteed. But yeah, I'm fearful, man. I don't want. I mean, look in, in America back in the hardline days, we our opening shows were were with Van Halen. You know what I mean? So we're playing, you know, twenty five to fifty thousand seaters, and I just don't want to. Um, I don't mean this in a bad way. Forgive me, whoever's listening, but I don't want to be that rock guy who who comes back and has to play a hundred seater yeah. in hopes that eighty people show up. I mean, it's just look if it's over for me here, which I think it is in America. I mean, I have great fans in America. Don't get me wrong, Crush fans, but like the the rock, the heavy stuff. It's not, I, I'm not going to spark this brand new career here in America. It's over and that's okay. <laughs> and I, that's and okay. I, and I agree with you that, but, but I, you know, again, I, I was trying to get some perspective and I, and we, Chris and I get these type of questions all the time. It's like, how come, you know, Hardline never plays here and how come they never play here? And it's just like, well, there's no support system for that. There, no, no, it really no. isn't. It's you too know. risky for a promoter, you know, unless I self-promoted something, which I thought about doing too, because I don't want anybody to take on any risk that they're, they're, they're nervous about, mm. but that's it. It's all support. What promoters would say, shit, you haven't played here since 1993. Um, sure. I'll, I'll, I'll put up the money in the, the <laughs> rental, this 2000 seater and we'll it see. Doesn't make, it doesn't make any sense. No, it make it sense unless, unless we group a whole bunch of six, seven, create a value. And and even like you said with the even like you said with the radio too, you know I I mean Hot Cherie gets gets good amount of play on XM, and that's great. But let's be honest, how many people have XM? I mean in the in the biggest scale. I mean yes, XM is a big platform, but in the biggest scale, what they got twenty five million total. So if they have twenty five million total, probably ten percent maybe are rock people. So now you're down to two million. Yeah, You're two, two and a half million, and then yeah, how many are into Hair Nation that it plays on? Maybe a exactly. half or less of that. So it's Us. you know it, it really <laughs> when you start yeah. doing that, and then you divide it by fifty, it's like all right, well, there's a thousand fans in every state. Yeah, they, yeah and then cut it in half again. Yeah, and divide by four. Yeah, it's it's true, yeah. man. That's 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 really the that's really the key. Do you know they don't have that shit in Europe? There's no XM. I always ask, you guys have XM radio? Like, there's no satellite radio shit. <laughs> they don't need so it's it. it's terrestrial. They don't need it. Right. Exactly right. They still listen to their yeah. Z-Rock in, mm-hmm. in, in Sofia, Bulgaria, and they crank the Z-Rock, and that's it's still still cool. It's perfect I've, for I've actually for, for heard, my type tell, of, tell me if this is true. I've actually heard, too, that the streaming services are not nearly as prevalent there like people still buy people still buy records they still buy yeah. cds yeah. they're not they're not content to go to their phone and pull up la guns and listen to it on their phone bro my buddy carlos in uh, in um sao paulo is one of the remaining uh record stores mm-hmm. and he has a clientele he has a list like you can't imagine like vinyls go out the door so freaking sure. fast people still crave that music and those those products yeah i'll ask people like hey do you have spotify they're like what's that 
<laughs> oh, because the radio radio is still happening and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, like, you nailed it. Neil, you nailed it. It's the support that they have that we don't have for our, you know, kind of music. And the, um, and the fan is just really narrow-minded in a beautiful way where they just love their rock and roll. And it's funny because I do a bunch of solo shows and, and a lot of the promoters are like, would you mind doing a cover of like um, Ronnie James Dio? You know, and this and that. I'm like, really? Holy Diver? Are you kidding me? <laughs> the people really just love Holy Diver. And I'm like, oh, Jesus. God almighty. Okay, sure. And they do. Yeah. They do, man. I mean, it's just to them, it's their uh it's their release it's their whatever you want to call it they just that's the music they love and and they don't change it so well, John, johnny you, you know you I, I could sit here and talk to you all night and i don't want to keep you i know your voice is important to you and you often this no he just wants to go to bed right. <laughs> it's shark week it's you know, freaking shark week on discovery man i gotta watch sharks well one of the one of the things that both Chris and I are big fans of our documentaries and there's a whole lot of documentaries out there, especially music documentaries and so forth. I don't see you showing up on any of these. Have you ever been asked or have you ever been approached and say, Hey, we're shooting a documentary about this genre or this style or this era or whatever it is that they're doing. Have you been approached with the, you know, not possibility to, uh, to, uh, appear on these documentaries and comment on anything because both chris and i to our surprise we both have been in a few documentaries we were just like holy shit you're asking our opinion what do we know so well you know a lot um but um yes i i have been approached uh but oddly not oddly it's it's massive it's regarding my gaming music because crush 40 um that I started in 98, also 25 years old, became the future of like a soundtrack was to a movie, the gaming music is to a game. And Crush 40 uh, wrote some of the iconic epic uh, hits for gaming for the whole Sega franchise. And there was a, um, it, it became massive uh, for a number of reasons. And, uh, I've been approached to, to put together a, a documentary on how that all happened and what happened and the fan base, um, which were a lot of young kids who were struggling, uh, some, uh, a lot on the autistic spectrum and, or troubled or thought of bullied, um, thought of as weird. And I, I just did a, a massive show, 20,000 20, uh, attendees in Santiago, Chile. It was my first time, and I never expected what was going to happen there. I mean, they, I, they had to make an announcement like Elvis, that Johnny has left the building. It was like that. <laughs> and I had to be surrounded by security just to get out through a tunnel. I was in the center and it was, and I did a a personal meet and greet, um, limited. And these kids who are now, some of them grownups were crying their eyes out because they were bullied, abused, 
thought of as a nerd, a weirdo, because they were into gaming. And now they're like, look at us now. Look at us now. We were not so weird. Look at this. Right now, you, you, everyone's into gaming. Well, a lot of people are into gaming. And it's thought of, at, I mean, you've got competitions. It's, it's, it's not, there's nothing weird about it. Right. So anyway, long story short, yes, I've been asked to put together a, um, to, be, to participate in a, in a documentary of the um, creation of Crush 40 and the effect it's had on, on fans still today uh, worldwide. I mean, you can't, from here to Sri Lanka and beyond, anyone who's into gaming knows Crush 40 and knows the songs. So it's pretty amazing. So that will happen eventually. Right after my next after my next tour. <laughs> well, I, I was thinking, you know, we we lost a very good friend of ours at the at the end of last year, Bob Nobandian, and he was a, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he he put together a great series of documentaries called Inside Metal, and you know, it covered the genesis of hard rock and metal in L.A. and you know how it progressed through the 80s and into the 90s and to the thrash music scene and they were so well done and he did one for Cleopatra called Band vs mm. Brand which I'm sure you're familiar because obviously Hardline is a brand now because it doesn't you know contain the original guys that started right. the band, you know so it's a brand True. you know obviously you're you're the uh, focal point of Hardline you know, your voice is unmistakable. So that still stands out. So as long as you're in hardline, hardline is good with everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah, it still, it still kind of works. Yeah, it, right. <laughs> it doesn't need Neil Sean on guitar to make it work. As long as you're there, you know, that's what's important. So I was just wondering because, uh, you know, there's a lot of great documentaries and we, you know, unfortunately, uh, the style of music that you're associated with, uh, it, it has got a longevity to it. It's very popular in Europe still because you're still busy working, but, uh, you know, now it's at the point to where it's history and there's a lot of documentaries yeah. out there that, that cover this history. And you, in my opinion, would make a great guest on one of these documentaries to comment on where you've been and what you've done and, things that you've experienced and who you've worked with and all these other things. Yeah. It's been a, it's been a, an incredibly uh, wild ride coming up. You know, I did. And I came up from the eighties. I came from a small town, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, the Amish country by way of, of uh, Brooklyn, New York. I don't know what happened there. I think it's witness protection, but anyway, (laughs) that's the Italian roots. But anyway, uh, yeah, so I've been through all the struggles and the go- the showcases and the record deals and the losing of the record deals and then the Pearl Jam's taking us out and then, you know, the songwriting stuff. Yeah, I'm tired, but um, it, it would make a, a, a cool documentary. Uh, I've, I've learned, you know, so much uh, about, I still do. I still learn so much about this business and, you know, and, and what it takes. And I will tell you this, I would not want to be a new artist in today's world. I would not. I think of the struggles I went through with trying to get to different A&R guys to get a record deal and stuff like this. That's a piece of cake compared to what these kids have to go through today with this social shit mm-hmm. and just the trying to get seen, get heard. And, oh, my God, 
Yeah, I would love to do a documentary like that. I think I could share some good information. So when do we start? I'm free tomorrow. <laughs> Wait, tomorrow's Sunday. No, you're I not. Like, you're not oh, free not. tomorrow. Not free tomorrow. Busy. Well, well, I I got Busy. the whiteboard up here, Johnny. So I'm gonna start. <laughs> I'm gonna start. Mar- you know, I'm gonna start making out some story. You know, storyboard here. And- storyboard. Let's rock on that. I'm gonna be yeah, driving. Be I'm gonna be driving up north to kill somebody if he picks up another project. <laughs> no, no, I'm done. I'm done. I'm good. Seriously, I. You know, yeah, I will. Uh, but it is on my mind. I have thought about it, uh, and and the, the crush thing is is really important to me. Because I have never, I have loyal fans, don't get me wrong. Loyal hardline fans, loyal Axel fans, of course. My crushers, I call them crushers. It's kind of like the Kiss Army. My crushers are the most incredible fans that have ever walked this, this planet. Their dedication and their, um, you know, they're, 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 they're so sincere um, and supportive constantly and they really understand the value of the music um even if they were eight years old when they heard it and a lot of them were you know what i mean and so i kind of feel like their dad they always come to me these kids you know when they when they get to me at shows and they say like i grew up with you like i grew up with you and i'm like okay son glad i didn't have to cut another check but um (laughs) But yeah, I grew up with you, and it's just what a great feeling, man, to have a positive impact on someone like that, right? And so these kids are still there today. Now we've got like uh, the Sonic Symphonies happening. I mean, it's still just so huge that I'm sure I'm going to take part in some of them. There's talks. I'll do Tokyo and L.A. and and where else am I going to do? I think London. There's talks um, where these kids are just going to flip flip they're all sold out i mean it's massive massive it's massive and it's happy music man and it's and that's what we need we need a little bit more happiness out there well johnny you've been a great guest man i've been wanting to have you forever and i'm glad you have a relationship with chris and he was able to you know coax you to come on to our lowly little show here but business uh, relationship bro business (laughs) business relationship I know it's 2023 business relationship. Right, I love Chris. But, He's the greatest. Uh, this is the hardest. This is the hardest working man in music business. Him, not me. Trust me on that. that. But <laughs> oh, bro, come on. I'll Nonsense. leave it. To, I'll leave it to Soto. He can be. Whew. <laughs> I gotta have a talk with that boy. <laughs> Man, well. Guy. I, I, you know, of course, I, Thanks, I, I'd like to have you on any time. Not that you can, you know, squeeze us into your schedule, but regardless of that, I'm glad we had an hour to spend with you and just, you know, likewise talk and uh, get to know you a little bit because, you know, Thanks, Chris, Chris has sung your praises. And of course, I've been a fan for decades and I'm glad to have a chance Thanks, to bro. speak with you. So, uh, Neely, thank you for your support, man. It's guys like you. I tell the audience this at every show. I tell journalists, I, everyone, who the hell am I if I don't have you? Really? What am I? Who am I? I thank the audience for my career. Every single show, my, the bandmates know what I'm going to do. And I do it because it's really true, man. It's really true. 
Well, I would I'm, be nothing. I'm, I'm glad everybody. you realized I'm the fucking shit here. You were the shit, Neely. <laughs> Chris warned me about how shitty. No, I mean that you're the shit. But, He's the shit. I'm, I'm the shithead. It's all good. And, and bro, you guys, I'm willing to do talk to you guys anytime in the six to seven o'clock p.m. hour that you want. I'm good with that. We could do this when you're in wherever the fuck is stand, because yeah. then it'll be like noon your time. That that makes that's, much more sense. That's what I'm talking about. Yes, although the 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 Wi-Fi signal might be a little different, more like it's pretty frustrating right. over there in some countries. Well, but it's well, all give, good. Thank you guys. My, give my best to Borat when you see him. Okay, <laughs> I will. That bastard. <laughs> Thank you guys. I really appreciate it. All right, Johnny, I appreciate you taking the time. And I'd like to close out this interview with a hardline tune. So is there something you'd like to, you know, select and maybe give us a story about? What would uh, you like to make a nickel on? <laughs> nickel? I'd be lucky to make a nickel on it. Thank you. Are you sending, you adding a little more to it, bro? Hey, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll put it into the, to, to the program later. <laughs> you know what? Let's go. Let's go classic. Uh, let's go classic hardline 1992 and let's just put on rhythm from a red car. I mean, let's just, let's just do that. All right. I think that's, that's where we should be tonight to close out. All right. All right. Well, that's, uh, that's a good tune. Of course, you know, hardline and, and, you know, Johnny is, uh, you know, uh, just a fantastic singer and Chris is going to get an ID for our show from you sometime this week, hopefully, because yeah, I I'll do it. Have, I have no ID for the classic metal show from you. You're so, kidding. No, oh my God. we haven't had you on. We've had you on for my other shit for my Chris That's Aker right. presents or whatever, but we haven't had That's you on right. until now. So, okay, I'll do it. Don't worry. Yeah, we'll get it done. All right. We'll get it done. All right, John, again, I appreciate it. Do you have any kind of social media or a website or anything people need? Oh, to man, just Johnny at everything. Yes, <laughs> Johnny at everything.com. Just Google my shit. Yeah, I have all the Instagram, the Facebook, all that 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 stuff. You know what I did, though? I got rid of all the, the, the social pages for the 17 million bands that I'm in. And so now everything is on Johnny Pager. So if you want to find out what's going on with Hardline or Axel Rudy Pell or Crush 40, it's all on the Johnny Pages, whatever the hell those pages are. But they're there. <laughs> all right. Perfect. All right, Johnny, we hope to have you back again. So uh, here it Thank is. You, brother. Johnny at his best with Hardline with uh, Rhythm from a Red Car exclusively here on your classic metal show. We'll be right back. 